You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. For us as Christians... Jesus is the reason for the season. We've been going through this Love Works campaign and we've been emphasizing the different purposes that the Lord has laid on our hearts so that we can make a difference in our communities and beyond. We talked about the first purpose, which is very, very evident in television in communities, and in our country, that families are under attack. Families need a place to be welcomed. Families need a place to be restored. And families need a place to be grounded. Jesus Christ provides every single one of those things for us. Amen? I um, was watching the, the news, and well, this last week, I was just social media, everything. Um, one of my favorite shows, and, and forgive me for saying this, but one of my favorite shows on television is Duck Dynasty. I just love that they, they're real. I love their beards. I love that they hunt. But more than anything, I love that they are very family-minded, and that they are very Christ-minded. I love the fact that they pray after each episode, and that they promote values that are wonderful. And recently, in fact this week, um, the dad, Phil Robertson, is under immense attack for making a statement that goes against family. It goes against the values that the Bible teaches. And he took a stand. And he got persecuted for it in a big way. Recently, Rick Warren was on, I mentioned this last week, Rick Warren was on a major uh, news network doing a talk show. Asked to be at a talk show, and he took a stand for what traditional marriage is about. And he said, I'm more concerned, to, he said this to the, to the very famous uh, talk show host, he said, I'm more concerned, I'm more uh, uh, concerned about what God thinks about me than what you think about me or what man thinks about me. And he got a big applause because of that. So the first purpose that we've been thinking about at Living Word Chapel is making sure that this place is a place that welcomes families and that families get restored and that they get... Um, uh, uh, grounded in the things of God, that, that children learn to honor their parents as they honor God. Because if you don't honor your parents at home, you're not going to honor your teachers at school. You don't honor your teachers at school, you're not going to honor those that are over you in government. And the Bible doesn't tell us to like everyone that's over us in government. It tells us to respect their positions and where they're at and to pray for God to make a difference in their lives. So we talked about that being our first purpose. The second purpose that we, that we illustrated and talked about is that the gospel 
has to be at the very front foresight of what we do as a church. Because the gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ came and he was born of a virgin. And he lived in this earth for 30 plus years, 33 to be exact. And he went to the cross at Calvary. And at the cross, he died for the dilemma that each person has. And the dilemma that we all have is that we all are sinners. And we need to be redeemed from our sin. And Jesus provided that on the cross. Oh, they took our cross away. We're in drama mode. On the cross at Calvary, he, he went to the cross for one reason and one reason alone. Not because man could kill him, but because he had to die and bleed and wash us from our sins. But that's not the end of the story. The end of the story is that he rose again on the third day. Victorious. And death has no sting. And death has no power over those who believe in Jesus. And that message needs to be proclaimed. And it needs to be explained. I talked about that. So I made this trip to New Mexico this Friday. And, and uh, uh, as I went there to take my mom to the hospital, she's been very ill with a, with a liver that's failing. And, and thank you all for your prayers because she's a miracle right now. She's still alive. She's back home, living at home. And, and, and so we went over there and spent some time with her. And so how many of you know that family is a wonderful place to do ministry. How many of us have family members right now that need to hear the good news? So this cousin came. I hadn't seen him in years. And he came by the house, and, and, and he had just come out of a dire circumstance. And I was able to share with him. And, and as Christians, we share. We don't pound people. With the Bible, we share the good news. And I was able to share with him and explain. And here's the thing, as I was talking to him, I remembered my grandmother talking to me when I first became a Christian. And she was mentioning family members and how they needed God because she had seen that Jesus had changed my life so drastically that she said, son, would you please go talk to him, talk to him, talk to her, talk to Because if God could do that for you, he can do it for anybody. And he, she told me that this, there was a moment in this young man's life that he was a kid, a child, and didn't know anything about God. And he sat at her bedside and said to her, Grandma, I wish someone would explain God to me as a kid. I would love for someone to explain God to me. And guess what happened on Saturday morning? Of this week, a brown preacher related to him explained the good news to him and shared the good news with him. And he said, I need that so much in my life. I said, it's free, bro. It cost us. It cost a lot because it cost the life of the very best, the creator of the universe. But it's free to you and it's free to me. So the gospel needs to be explained. We talked about that. And the gospel needs to be entertained. Because when the gospel is entertained, that means it's got, it grasps you. you. You begin to listen. I mentioned that church is not a place to sleep. They have Motel 6 for that. 
Church is a place where the gospel should be preached and people listen and they're excited about it. And, and have you noticed that when you're being entertained, there's different emotions? Have you watched a movie and never cried at a movie? Anyone ever watched a movie and cried? Anyone watched a movie and you laugh? Your, mo- your emotions are being stirred. Ever, ever watch someone and, and, and it just really gets you exci- excited and you're just, you just have your attention on them? That's because you're entertaining that notion. You're entertaining what's being spoken. The gospel needs to be entertained. People have to grasp it. And it touches every part of our emotions. And then it makes us come to a place of decision where you make a choice. And you're either going to say yes to God or you're going to say no to God. But he never leaves us without that. We all come to a place when the gospel is preached, when the gospel is explained, when the gospel is shared, that you make a decision to follow or not. Beloved, Jesus always said to people that, were, that he went to, he said, come and follow me. And so every Sunday here at Living Word Chapel, we Make it a priority that we give a decision, an invitation for people to receive Jesus or not. So as we go into the third purpose of our our Love Works campaign, I've titled it Generosity, Generosity for the Sake of Missions. Because the Christmas story is a story about God's mission. Just hear the words of the angel to the shepherds. The the angel said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. It is a message with a mission that is going to bring something to you that you can attain outside of God. Great joy for all the people. And so I, I put three points together as we talk about missions that I pray will help us to understand how important the mission of God is. And as we look at this love works cause, that we'll say, Lord, you're worth it for us to invest for your glory. Amen? Let's pray, first of all. Father, thank you for uh, this second service. And as always, I pray that you be with me as I speak. Lord God, I pray that I will be very clear and intelligible, Lord, and that that you give me uh, power from on high to to speak confidently and boldly and yet father not in a way where the preacher pounds people over the head but where i can share things from your word and 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 you and you lord god will stir hearts and it will be good news and when people leave here they'll be they'll be happy and they'll be glad that they were in the house of god that we'll be happy to celebrate the christmas story and and this tuesday and wednesday that we will celebrate one of the greatest events that's ever happened to mankind, the virgin birth of Jesus. So we pray this in your name, and all of God's people said, Amen and Amen. So point number one is is simply this. We're mission-minded, and that's who we are as a church. That's our model. We're mission-minded, grace-led, because the time is now. The time is now. Have you noticed every year at Christmas time that you go to Walgreens or you go to the mall and there's always someone at the front door and, and they are, they're, they're, they're standing out there and they have a bell. Bling, 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 bling. 
And they've got a little red container that's right next to it. It's a metal container and, 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 and people are coming in and out and, and it says Salvation Army on it. How many of you know that the Salvation Army does a wonderful job in generosity and when there's a tragedy and there's a, there's a disaster in different places of the, of the United States and the world, that the Salvation Army is usually the first ones to be there with relief and help? And, and how many of you know that, that when, when they're doing it, when you're going in, I don't know about you guys, but when I go into the store and I see them, because when you first go in, you might not have change, right? I'm always thinking, man, i got to get change, because you don't want to leave without putting at least something in that bucket. Because if you don't, you cannot ignore them, right? <laughs> right, you play the I didn't see you, right? I didn't see you. But, but, but you're, they're standing out there and there's a, there's a sense of urgency. Because this time right now is when there's a lot of generosity going on and people are thinking about, I gotta buy a gift, I gotta buy a gift. I gotta, you know, Paul was thinking, you know, I have to get that one gift for that one person, the only person. Was there a little person ringing the bell when you went in? Did you, did you give a little bit of change? When, no, don't answer that, don't answer that. But there's urgency, and, and you think about that. They're, 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 they're pretty urgent about that. It's important. It's urgent. And you mentioned that as you were talking about the offering. Urgency. Why? Because they know that there's lives at stake. They know that, that these funds help people. But the Christmas story also helps us to see that there's urgency because the time was now for Jesus to be born. You see, Jesus was not late and he was not early. He came right at the perfect time. And so here's the angel comes to Joseph and he begins to, to talk to him and say in, in a dream. And he says, you're going to uh, Mary's going to be pregnant. And, and, and as he found out about her being pregnant, first thing Joseph said, like any other guy that would be engaged or be married to a girl. And they said, she, you're, she's pregnant or she came to you and she said, I'm, pre I'm pregnant. And you would say, well, we're not going to be married no more. <laughs> right? I, what would you say? And so, so Joseph, who was a very good man, he said, I'm going to put her out privately. I'm not going to display her in front of everybody because Mary's a decent lady and I can't believe this is happening. But there was a sense of urgency. An angel came and he said, the time is now, Joseph. And this is what he said. This is what the Bible said. Matthew 1, verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. The, word, the name Jesus comes from the name Yeshua, who comes from the name Joshua. Joshua is the one who brought the people of Israel into the promised land, delivered them into the promised land. Jesus, he begins to explain, because he will save his people from their sins. The angel, his declaration to Joseph was one of urgency. Because its fulfillment ushered the restoration of many. Raise your hand if you're thankful for that urgency. Raise your hand if, you've, if your sins have been forgiven through the blood of Christ. Raise your hand and say, thank you, Lord, for the urgency that you had. Thank you that you went to Joseph and this man that was a good man. 
It would be like Steve. Wonderful man. I know this man. I hung out with him. He's cool. And he sings great. It would be like someone, someone coming to you and saying, you know, or Sue coming and saying, I'm pregnant. But it's not yours. And Steve would say, what are you talking about, Willis? Right? <laughs> Sue, what are you talking about? But an angel confirms, he said, this is urgent. This is, the time is now. The time is now when this, this young baby named Jesus is going to come on the scene and he is going to be the deliverer of the people and their sins are going to be forgiven. It speaks about how important the mission of God is and it speaks to us as a mission-minded church that we cannot waste time. Oh my goodness, uh, our, our student pastor got a, another position or is getting another position as a lead pastor. We have to just stop. We can't do ministry anymore. No, we say, thank you, Jesus, that you've raised up another man of God to go into another place to lead people. And Lord, thank you that you're going to bring someone, you're going to raise someone up, and we're going to keep going forward because we, it's your mission that we're in. Are you with me? It says urgency. It says we keep going and moving forward. By the grace of God, this church in Oracle... And I checked this. I checked the numbers this morning as I was making sure that everything was right through our budgets. And then I went to our administrator, Janet Walker, and I said, Janet, is this right? And she said, it's more. So by the grace of God, Living Word Chapel and Oracle has given over 30000 in supporting missionaries and sending missionaries. Living Word Chapel, that means us. Thirty thousand plus has been given to those that are doing the work of God and because of you the gospel's being preached people like face to face ministries Dr. Don Orvis who takes people internationally Family First Pregnancy Care Center Frank and Claire Grow Hockey they were here first service who are doing such a work and, and not only are people coming in uh, teenagers, young ladies that are contemplating abortion and they're talking to them and they're t- steering them to keep their children and saying there's, there's a better way through adoption and even keeping them and raising them and they teach them how to be first time moms they provide diapers and things like that and they said to me they were celebrating because couples that are coming in are saying we need to get married and they're getting married because that's how God does things Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Richard Lopez, we support him, and, and Richard is in the schools, and, and he's got a, an assistant now, and they're all over the place in different schools, and Richard is a chaplain of the U of A football team, and he's a chaplain of the U of A baseball team. Let me say this again, the U of A national champion baseball team. And, and, so, and so Richard gets to pour into these, these, these young people, young men and women, who are, they have these accolades, and everyone looks up to them, and everyone cheers them on. In fact, some, I said this in first service, I have to say it in second, some of us, we cheer these young student athletes more, we get more excited about them sometimes than we do about God. Amen? I've seen you at U of A games. Go, go, go. You're at church. Go. Go, Jesus. 
But U of A couldn't even carry. Did you see that? Are you with me? And yet we have a man that we support, that we help support, that goes, and all of these guys that people are worshiping are coming to him with their problems. Because people make them little G-O-D-S. They make them little gods. But how many of you know that when you put someone in a platform that they're not supposed to be on, in a pedestal, that you're setting them up for failure? That's why when these athletes, when they, when they fail us and they're in the news, things like that, can I tell you, they're people. We're all going to fail. We need God. We need Jesus. And we have someone that's there to help them and to put proper perspective. We support another ministry called Little Hooves and Big Hearts, and that's a ministry that Tammy uh, Mockby does, and, and she brings these little horses into hospitals and does therapy with, with individuals and people that with uh, special needs come. And these horses are amazing. They brought them for our harvest festival, and these little dudes are about this big. I mean, it's like a, it's a, it's like a lap dog horse. But they, they do therapy, and, and, and Jesus is moving through that ministry. We have Gideons. We support the Gideons ministry, and the Gideons ministry, are what uh, they, they are the ones that take Bibles, and they put Bibles all over the place, in, 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 in hotels, motels, in schools, wherever they let them, in prisons. I was talking to you about going home and spending time with family, and, a, and an uncle of mine came and talked to me, and, and his heart was so open to God. I mean, it was like he was just, tell me everything about God. I've seen the change in your life, and I want that. And as, and as I shared with him, I, he just, I was talking to him about Jesus and how he can change our lives and how he can restore us. And he said, I've made so many mistakes. I've done so many things wrong. And he, and he got teary-eyed. And he just, I mean, these, these guys don't cry. But Jesus does something to him, and as he did, he was sharing about it. And then I, 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 he stayed there at my mom's house, and, and, and we were getting ready. I looked at his briefcase. I looked at his, uh, his, his shower bag, and on top of the shower bag was a small little Bible, Gideon's, that he had received in a place that we don't want to go. It's called the, the big house. Amen? You with me? And as he opened up his heart and he said, you know, he said, you, can't, you can never let your guard down where I've been. I said, until you let your guard down, there won't be a change in your life. Until you let God heal all that's happened to you, there won't be a change. And we support the Gideon's ministry. And then there's Global Chase, Dr. Hugo Gomez, who's a doctor in, in Guatemala. And we've partnered. We've made short-term trips with him. Can I tell you that Dr. Gomez, when he graduated from medical school, that there was, there was hospitals, some of the most prestigious hospitals in Guatemala, that were recruiting him to go. And as he was preparing and saying, ooh, that sounds good. I'll make buku, mucho dinero. But as he was preparing, the Lord stirred his heart and he says, I have a place that I want you to go, where I want you to go. I'm recruiting you. And he sent him to the villages where the people there don't have any medical attention. And he's been doing that for 20 years plus. And guess what? We've gone and partnered with him and we support him. And he trusts in Jesus every single day that he's going to provide. 
and we're able to do that. There's nothing but grace. Uh, that's Gary uh, Kinnaman's, Dr. Kinnaman's ministry that we support. He ministers to all sorts of pastors all over the, the Arizona. He ministers to pastors across the, the, the nation. He goes to churches. He's just a great man of God, and I'm glad that, that he's a part of what we're doing here at Living Word. Celebrate Recovery. We, we, we also sponsor that. And Rosetta uh, uh, Tafoya is, is doing CR. And how many people have been helped through that ministry where God has met them where they're at and say, you're not a failure. You're not a good, no good for nothing. You're a child of God and he's going to change your life. And people are constantly being changed and transformed. And I've seen that with my eyes and we're a part of that. And then we got World Vision that we support also. And we have, there's a young boy that's now a young man that we've supported since Pastor Bob was uh, the lead pastor, and, and now it's continued, and now he's, a, he's, a, he's almost to young adulthood. And God's changed his life because of our generosity. How about Chaplain Dawson? Dale Dawson, we support him, the church does, with some monthly mission support. And, 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 and Chaplain Dawson, I talked to him this morning, and he said, Pastor, I said, Cha- Chaplain Dawson, how many people have you visited in hospitals? He said, over 5,000 people. In hospital beds, I have visited over my years as a chaplain. And the Lord has allowed for us to continue to do that. And short-term trips, we've gone to Guatemala, we've gone to uh, Mexico. We're, We're continuing to let the Lord direct us wherever we go. Because the time is now, beloved. The time is now. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait until the the right circumstance comes. Can I tell you, if Joseph would have waited for the right circumstance, he would have not provided for the Savior of mankind. But he said, I'm going to take you, Mary. I'm going to be a husband to you. And I'm going to raise that child. And that child became his Savior. Amen? See, God has given us an open window. He's given us an open door to make a difference. And when Jesus came to this earth, it was the right time. How do I know that? Because Galatians 4.4 puts it like this. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son. When the set time had fully come, God sent his son to be born of a virgin, to be born into the law, so that he could fulfill the law. Can I say this? Jesus' birth was not early, and it certainly was not late. Did God know that there was not going to be any room in the inn? Did the father scratch his head, thinking, oh my goodness, there's no room in Bethlehem? negative not only did he come at the right time he was born at the right place because the time was now where else would the lamb of god be born except a stable ponder that for a bit where else would the lamb who came to take the sin of the world be born what does that mean to us today It means go. It means go right now. Go through the open door. Jesus said this about missions. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say just go to Oracle. He didn't say go to Samanoi. He didn't say just go to Saddlebrook. He said, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I'm so glad Mike brought that up as he was talking in the welcoming. 
And he said that we have baptized 43 people this year. That's the grace of God. Last year we baptized over 50. In the last five years we baptized 300. Jesus is big. Jesus is grand. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. And he says this, he says, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. As I spoke to my family members, I said, can I tell you something, bro? Because I come from some pretty rough, you guys don't know a lot of my family, but I come from some pretty rough characters. And the more they explained to me about my family, I said, yeesh. You guys are rough. But I looked at them and I said, can I tell you something, bro? I don't fear you. And I don't fear this guy. Because there's one who I fear who's a lot greater. And the one that I fear is God. The one that I fear is Jesus. And Jesus told me, he gave me a promise. He said, I will be with you wherever you go. To the end of of the age. Beloved, the time is now. Point number two, mission-minded because the needs are evident. How many of you know that the needs are all around us? When we talk about the mission of God, it's about meeting the needs of people. Jesus met the needs of people around him. He fed the multitude. He provided forgiveness for those who needed it. And he restored their lives. He closed those that needed to be closed. Those that needed to be loved, he provided love. And as we consider the love works cause, should we meet the needs of people? And why should we meet the needs of people? There were three Old Testament scriptures that stood out to me that I want to share with you. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-seven. it says this, He who gives to the poor will never want. And he who wants to shut, but he who shuts his eyes, ay, 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 will have many curses. And the curses just mean that you're not blessed with the things of God. How many of you know when you're generous, there's something that happens in your heart? How many of you know that when you're not generous, that you become real closed in, and you, it's not about anybody else but yourself? This, this week, I don't know how this person found out that I was making the trip, but this person called me a pastor. I got something for you. Meet me at Circle K. I said, well, I can't go to Circle K right now. I, uh, da, da, da. And I said, no, no, I got something for you, pastor. I, I, want, I, I just want to bless you. And I was like, okay. And so he, uh, I, he, he, we were texting, and, and I said, well, I'm fine. Everything's good. And he said, no, no, I want to do this for you. And he came by the church. I don't even know how he found out because I didn't tell anyone I was making this trip. And he comes and he says, I've got something for you. And he blessed me with a, a wonderful, generous gift. And I was like, you know what? God's people are so good. But more than that, God is so good because he provides. And then from that, someone else said, I want to bless you with this. And called Shauna and they blessed us with something else. The Bible says that when we bless people, we'll never want he does something in our hearts. He stirs our hearts. He, he makes something happen. And Shauna, when I dropped her off this morning, she comes in to do worship. And, and, and as I was dropping her off, she got teary-eyed. Teary and she said, babe, babe, do you know that we can't outgive God? He just does so much for us. And, and she was thinking about, she said, you know what? I, God has been working on my heart this year. And how, how, how many of you know how hard it is for us to give? It, it's, it's not always easy, is it? 
But she said, God's been working on our heart, my heart, babe. And, and you know, we, this year we've just been opening up our, you know, our hearts and, and doing more. And, and she said, and God, you can't outgive him. He blesses us. And I'm not saying that to toot our horn. I'm saying that because he's worthy. He's worthy. This year we, we've considered a church ministry in Detroit as one of the missions work that we're going to support with our love works cause. Remember last year we, we helped out a church in, in Uganda, Kampala, Uganda, and because we know Pastor Patty Musaki. And, and Patty came here and we, we, we established a relationship with him and we provided uh, 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 food and a Christmas party. We sent, I think, uh, either 1500 or $2,000 down there for them to provide that. For, they, they provided a Christmas party for, and, and a gift for over 2,000 children. And many of those children come from Muslim families. And as they, they come, the parents don't care. Go, you're going to eat. And they go and they eat, and he preached the gospel to them. He shared the gospel, and many of them re- received Jesus as their Savior. This year, we established a relationship with a pastor in Detroit, Michigan, John Jackson, through, through Pastor Washburn. They went to seminary together. And Pastor uh, John Jackson, this guy was recruited. They wanted him to go into a lot of different places, big churches, and they wanted him to go in, in the suburbs and different things like that. And the Lord spoke to his heart and said, I don't want you going there. I want you to go to the inner city, Detroit. And it's an all-African-American neighborhood. And it's one of the highest in crime, one of the highest in poverty, one of the highest places where pastors, when they give their offering and their tithe, they have nothing to give. And he went over there. And God's opened up huge doors and he's doing ministry. And, And in fact, when he came and spoke at the Epic event right that week before he got here, there was, a, there was a shootout right in front of his house. And he said, but they didn't shoot the house. Thank you, Jesus. I said, bro, how do you do it, man? He said, well, I got, I got God. I got a couple shotguns in different places too. Just in case. He sent me this email, and it was from their Thanksgiving uh, 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 outreach, and he, he said this, a lot of families in Detroit are hurting a little more this holiday season. Many families with lost benefits and low income have suffered and have been put into very tight spots financially. On Sunday evening, my wife made a delivery to one of our neighbors. There were at least five people living in the house with no heat or electricity, and most of the windows were busted out. The mother of, and it was 22 degrees, he also said that in the email. He said the family uh, had tears, I mean the, the, the mother had, uh, of the family had tears in her eyes as she accepted the food at the back door and could barely whisper as she cried, thank you. Can I tell you why Pastor John is feeding those in his community? Because the need is evident. Why is LWC going to help them right now? Because the need is evident. The time is now. Why will we put it off? And we're planning this week to send them a love gift, a love check from those already from the 17,000 that's come in so that they can have something to provide for those that they don't have Christmas so that they can be a blessing. Because the church is where change happens. 
I thought about this. You know, I, I just got refreshed with uh, the news that I thought that Detroit was the only major city in, in North and in, uh, United States that had claimed bankruptcy. There's 12. There's 12 cities in Detroit. I mean, in uh, America, that have filed bankruptcy. Detroit is the biggest major city that has done so. But relief and change is not going to come by handouts. Relief and change will come through God. The government's not going to change our existence. Can I tell you that? I, I mean, I'm not saying this in a bad way. I mean, praise God that they can help us. I'm not against that. Praise the Lord when someone can get a grant to go to school. Wonderful. But can I tell you that the one that provides for us is God. As we change our hearts, we get good jobs, we work, we provide for our families. As I talked to my relatives, I said, there's nothing greater than working hard, sleeping wonderful with peace, because you work so hard, and you get up, and you get an honest paycheck, and you provide that paycheck right there, and you feed your kids. There's nothing greater than that. Amen? The Bible goes on to say in, in Proverbs 19, 17, Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. That is like the greatest verse I've ever read. How are we going to lend to God? By helping those in need. Isn't that like, like when I read that, it just hit me. It is so amazing. And the Bible says, God will reward you for what you have done. The good news is that we can help those in need and offer them a solution, not a band-aid. The solution is bringing them to Jesus and teaching them about Jesus. There is people in need, and what an opportunity it is for the church. Last verse when it comes to the, the time is now, or the, the need is evident. How blessed, this is from Psalms 41, how blessed is he who considers the helpless because the Lord will deliver him in the day of trouble. See, we don't need accolades. We don't need living word chapel to talk, oh, this is what we've done. It's not about that. We don't need praise. We just need to recognize that the needs are evidence and we need to let Jesus receive the glory. Can I tell you that the needs will always be evident? Jesus said, the poor you will have always. If Jesus said it, that means it's true. And it's when those, peop those needs are at our, our, at our feet, when those needs, the window of opportunity is there, let's meet those needs through Jesus. Point number three, we're mission-minded, and with God, all things are possible. Can I tell you that the mission is always greater than the missionary? When God calls us to do something, it's always bigger than what we can do. But the mission is never bigger than God. When Pastor Bob was called to uh, Oracle 20 plus years ago, and you came and they had this house church, you never imagined that they would become this church. The mission was bigger than you, but it wasn't bigger than God. When God sets us out to do a work, it's never going to be easy. If it was easy, you could do it. But because it's not easy, we know that God can do it. 
And we always need to grab a hold of that fact that when God leads us, it's never going to be something that we can accomplish in our own ability. We have to tap into the power of God. I have seen God do such amazing things in my life. I have seen him do things that that only God can do. And that's why I praise him with everything I have. Because I know without a shadow of a doubt that if he's leading me, watch out. Awesome things are going to happen. The Christmas story helps us here. How was a virgin going to conceive a baby? Only through the miraculous power of God. And the Bible put it like this. Mary said to the angel... How can, these, how can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and for that reason the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was, who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Will you say that with me? For nothing is impossible with God. Now I want you to take it into your heart. I want you to take it into your spirit and say it one more time. For nothing is impossible for God. That situation that you're in, that circumstance... That health issue, that monetary issue, whatever it may be, whatever you're going through, the loss of a loved one, whatever it may be, know this, there's nothing that is impossible for God. He can get you through. He can see you through. He can do miracles. He can heal hearts. He can give you his love and help you. Beloved, the mission of God will always be accomplished For Mary, he provided the seed for the Messiah. For the missions of the church, he provides the finances and the power for it to be accomplished. He provides our jobs and he even moves on our hearts to meet the needs for all that he will accomplish through us. Beloved, grab a hold of this. It's not that we accomplish it. He accomplishes it through us because of willing hearts. So as we consider our mission's purpose in the Love Works campaign, ask yourselves if people in need are worthy of our consideration. Do me a favor and close your eyes. Everyone close your eyes. Just imagine someone who might be in a dire circumstance and they're praying to God for help. Now imagine that our mission purpose not only meets the need, but exceeds it. Imagine God working through our giving and through our labor to open up a heart and make a soul receptive to the gospel. Because I know this to be true, beloved. It's one thing to say God loves you. It's another to show them God loves them. As we go forward, beloved... Know that God is going to do great things. He's going to do great things with us or without us. I want it to be with us. Whatever we do for the sake of Jesus' name, he will bless. 
So as you think about giving, as you think about giving, as you think about everyone that's in line and the craziness of Christmas and the money that's spent, all the money that goes on and those presents that are going to be opened up this Christmas and some of them will be used for a week and then they'll never use them again. Think about this. If we give the gift for the sake of Christ, it's going to be eternal. That person that blessed me this week, can I tell you what? That's an eternal blessing. It changed my heart, changed my life. It encouraged me. So when I drove to New Mexico with my daughter, my lovely, beautiful daughter with her precious cargo, that baby that she's carrying, we drove together and I, was, and I said, God is so good. And she said, Dad, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Let's give with the love of God, with the understanding that we can never outgive him. Let's stand up and worship our king. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.